Welcome back to another exciting episode of Realities May Vary, the podcast that says and does whatever it wants because you ain't the boss of us. I'm Brian Noonan. With me, as always, the man, the myth, the newly employed legend, Cody Goff. Tis me. Tis me. And boy, we have a show. It's actually a big, we actually have a guest tonight. Yeah, an exciting guest. An old friend of the show is back. Yes, a Food Network star, television star, and local pizza celebrity. Uh, Pizziola, I think, is what they call them now. Is it? I think so. I I saw that a lot. Hi, Cindy. Well, we'll talk about that uh, with our special guest. Uh, You know him. I know him. Brian knows him. (laughs) Other people know him. And if you don't know him, you will know him. But I forget his name, so. You forget John Carruthers' name? No. All right. He's at UT Chicago. Actually, I think he changed his handle. Yes, it's at Nachos and Lager. At Nachos and Lager, even better. There you go. So, at Nachos and Lager. It's going all the way across. I only speak speak Twitter. I don't remember his real name. It's got to be that. (laughs) Uh, He's going to be happy to hear that. (laughs) Uh, No, John C. Carruthers, he's the man. Uh, Brian's also going to talk about uh, some potty issues. For some reason, no, uh, not also, potty issues. Actual, actual, the the actual toilet. I'm having yeah, problems with well, an actual a, a toilet. A toilet is a potty, right? But I'm not, I'm not having any problems going potty. Well, I didn't say you did. I just said right. potty issues. Okay, I was technically right. Yeah. <laughs> just, Don't get me started. I've had a rough two hours already. <laughs> our realities may may vary, uh, uh, Brian. Yes, our realities you, may you, vary. You got something in your mouth, like right there, uh, and so. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. Uh, spring break. He's on spring break. Look at that. Woo-hoo. And I am not on spring topless. break. Uh, I am going to talk about uh, the storm, uh, storms, storm system, weather systems that have happened because uh, some stuff happened in my uh, life uh, related to that. So, lot to get to. My quick check in is my birthday is tomorrow. So, I have nothing happened in the last week. It's only upcoming week that I have a birthday. I don't know what my wife has planned for it. I insisted she do nothing. She's going to do something anyway. Uh, and uh, it's going to be fun. But I'm looking forward to that. And then, uh, I don't know, I, I was very social last week, Brian. I, my cousin was in town, got dinner with him. Wow. One of my other friends was in town, went to Pequod's all the way in the whatever, Chicago, dinner with him. Saw you and <laughs> our- in whatever. Saw you and our lovely uh, uh, colleague, Roger Badish, yes. on Saturday. It was a blast. So, yeah, man, I'm socialized out. I basically had a things to say. All right. Well, uh, I'll quote check in quick. Uh, Cody's birthday's tomorrow. My birthday's today. Don't make a big deal out of it. I also told my wife and daughter to do nothing about it, uh, but they did. I'm very grateful. If we have some time later, I will tell you about that. But I don't want to keep our guest waiting because our, our guest is a man who has things to do. He's not only working in the uh, beer industry. He is also an entrepreneur. He is a man who gives back to his community. He is a pizziola, as I've learned. That is a fancy word for guy who makes pizzas. Mm. He is the founder of Crust Fun Pizza. Good friend of ours, John Carruthers, is here, fresh off his appearance on Chopped on the Food Network. John, good to see you, first of all. Thanks for coming on tonight. Um, Thanks for having me. Good to see you guys. Congratulations on... All the success with Crust Fun Pizza leading up to you being on television. That was wild, That's crazy. <laughs> so for those who don't know, um, give us a quick background of Crust Fun mm-hmm. Pizza because it's it's grown exponentially since you started it. 
Sure. Crossbone pizza. Pizza was my pandemic thing, right? We all had a thing. Uh, it was either pizza or fetal position for me. And I picked pizza <laughs> just because everybody needs to eat. Uh, and I started making pizza every Friday for my kids. And it got to the point where it was pretty good. And I thought, hey, maybe I could sell this on the sly, uh, on the sly, like double underline because the tamale guy had just gotten Karen in the West Loop. <laughs> going to do. Um, you know, fast forward, we've gotten some attention and last summer I got a, I got a message from the food network saying, Hey, maybe, and, uh, a few maybes and okays later, uh, yeah, been on chopped. <laughs> All right. So you, you glossed over a lot. I'm going to fill in a couple blanks and you please uh, correct me when I'm wrong. So yes, you started making pizzas and then you decided you were going to sell them on the slide, but sell them is not really accurate in my opinion, because you do receive money for these pizzas, but you don't set a price. Oh, I actually don't receive the, money either. Well, right. And the money doesn't come to you. You actually, the money passes through you to local charities around me. They oh, it goes right around you. to the charity. Oh, that's oh, all right. See, so you, get, so you, you never see any go. write off. Mm -mm. Oh, I like, I like what you did there. You never said, yeah, listen, listen, I've been doing this for a while. I'm not, you know, it's not my first podcast. So all the money for these pizzas goes to a charity and you change, mm -hmm. you pick different charities every month, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've got different ones. Sometimes depending on what month it is, sometimes depending on someone new that I've worked with uh, revolution or elsewhere, sometimes just depending on something that looks cool. And sometimes we'll bring our favorite ones back like black club, Chicago, never gone for too long. Very nice. And the people come and they, they bid on these pizzas and mm -hmm. every month people need to follow you on Twitter at nachos and lager on mm -hmm. Instagram, nachos and lager, uh, nachos and is the big website, but follow you on social media because that's where you announce when the bidding will begin, what the pizzas are for the month. And then somehow the pizza just magically appears in an alley, which doesn't does. sound appetizing, but proves to be very appetizing. Yeah. You know, me, you have an agreement. Um, state of Illinois, County of Cook, it's got no business there. No. What, the, what, what are they going to be patrolling in the alleys for pizza? We got bigger yeah. fish to fry. So now illegal fish fries. Oh, man. I'd, I'd, I'd do a food swap with one of those. <laughs> so when this all started during the pandemic and it grew and you, you even published a book, Pizza for yeah. Everyone. Yes was our attempt to do uh, a church cookbook, except for the devotional was to uh, the most high pizza. Yes. So very spiral nice. bound, black and white, um, just very old school recipes from the community kind of vibe. And all the money from that went to all these same organizations. Minus printing costs. You know, you can't print your own book for free. It's wild. No, but that's, but that's all right. That people understand that they go, okay, you know, somebody's got to pay for the books to be printed. All the rest of the money is going to go to charity. Uh, you also, those beautiful orange hats like you're wearing, mine is up there. Uh, I was repping my, you know, home opener today. So that's why. But um, so you've done you've done all kinds of things. It's been very successful. So how does the Food Network get your name? Do you, do you say to yourself, because I know you're a very boastful guy. You're, mm -hmm. a, you're a guy who's full of himself all the time. Oh, all the time. So you were probably all puffed up, and you you approached the Food Network and said, listen, is anybody else making pizzas for charity in an alley? 
No, I just fax them page after page of my name, but like the shining style where it's all different. So you think it's all different right. pages. Okay. Yeah. Eventually it was like, you know, you if you want to serve someone legal notice, you got to talk to them. <laughs> Foot in the door, man. How did, how did you come to the attention of the Food Network? Because that's a b- I, big deal. I honestly have no idea. And I don't. Um, and I really? Don't. Well, here's the thing. So the first message I got, uh, they reached out and it was like a Instagram DM or something. And it was, you know, hey, I'm so-and-so with the Food Network. And like, it was a legit account, not one of those Instagram things that you get. Right. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's funny. And I turned to my wife because we were in the hospital about to have the third kid. And she's like, not now, not now. <laughs> um, and then like, you know, went through the whole new parent fog. Like I sent a message back like, oh, yeah, maybe let's talk. Uh, went through the new parent fog a couple weeks later i got an email that led to a little bit of back and forth over email a little back and forth over zoom um and eventually they cast me in the show that's amazing yeah it was For- cool i have but i don't know i mean I, I was talking about the other contestants on the show uh the other chef that the chefs the three chefs yes i was you know i would never classify myself that but they uh, called they, you chef so you're a chef i force a habit you know <laughs> Like, has someone ever tell you to enjoy the movie and you say you too, and then you just slink away? Okay. <laughs> uh, no, but they, they, they said that they kind of reached out to everybody on pizza Instagram, which, um, if my for you feed is to be believed is a vast and unending universe. So I don't know. I got lucky. Uh, I'm good at being loud. One of those things. Well, you also have a different story. I mean, you, you went up against, um, I thought the stories of the other three contestants were all pretty, were all pretty interesting. And yeah. they all have that human element, which, you know, we all know TV, that's what they're looking for. And you definitely, definitely had that. So once you, once you have reached out to that, they've talked to you, everybody's like, okay, we want to put you on the show. Walk us through what's going on because it seems like on chopped, everything obviously is very truncated. We're only seeing a few minutes. It had to be like, what was it like when you met these other contestants and you realized some of these guys have restaurants and yeah. they're doing this all the time. I can't remember what the female chef, what her deal was. Miriam Weiskin, yeah. Um, she had started out of her apartment, I think pandemic era too, but she had been for a while cooking uh, different pizza pop-ups. And I mean, she was she had okay. a established network of places that she goes and, uh, you know, in the boroughs. Okay. Um, but uh, gosh, no, I mean, I showed up. First of all, it's like 530 in the morning. I had not slept the night before because I knew what I was going there to do. <laughs> uh, and I show up and we just start talking. And, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, like, I'm I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the chum here this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, what can you do at that point? You sit right. and you take the free Red Bull they give you and you hope you, you live to see the next 20 minutes. So, now, were you – you're a tavern-style guy. Mm-hmm. And the, the chef from Philly was Detroit-style – and um, the lady from New York, she did kind of a, I don't know what you call the style she did. It would look she really does, She does New York Neapolitan and grandma style. She's got okay. she's got that Brooklyn three-finger death punch mastered. Uh, my, yeah, Mike Carter. Mike Carter from Philly. Uh, just awesome dude. But he he does Detroit. But he's also, I mean, like a chef chef. I mean, you can yeah. loose on a regular episode of Chopped. Yeah, he was, all of, all of them were cool. And what was the style? I the, Listen, the, the other guy from New York, he was very stereotypical New, New York. His pizzas looked phenomenal. Beautiful. Uh, yes, they 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 were they were works of art. 
Um, but I can't remember what was it Venetian style. What was his style? No, and that was so that was Rob Cervoni. Uh, he is running Talio Pizza out of Long Island, um, and that is Roman style pizza. Roman style and pizza. I don't know who said this, but I heard it once, and I always. I always like kind of taking it to heart is that that is just like a stained glass window of a pizza style. I mean, just absolutely beautiful, like almost looks too amazing. Then you get to be like, Oh, I get to eat that. I get to put my grubby paws on it. I mean, <laughs> he's yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they have been blowing up on long Island ever since the episode aired. Everybody oh, I can't imagine. Cody, you look like you want to jump in. Please do. Never, Don't no, sit there never, quietly. I have never had anything interesting to ask. No, I mean, you've look, you congratulations. You've been on more, food uh discovery brand television than me and i worked there for four years so I, i'm <laughs> quite jealous frankly we uh we, i think it was rob in the you know there's like the green room stuff that then i'll yeah. tape and uh before we went into this he's like i'm not nervous about the pizza i don't even know if he's nervous. he's like I, he's like it's wild that i'm freaking out that there's a version of me that's going to live on discovery plus for forever <laughs> <laughs> You are immortalized there on or on whatever streaming service they end up creating <laughs> Frankensteining with the Warner thing. It's a real I have to a statue thing. <laughs> I have to imagine craft services at the Food Network are pretty good. Am I right or wrong? I get outside catering. They, they are all business there. Yeah, very nice. All right. So now <clears throat> you made all your all your pizzas throughout the show mm -hmm. were tavern style. Is mm -hmm. that do they say like this is your style, John. We know this is what you make, so make it throughout. Or was that, do you get to choose that? Like if you had decided in uh, the, the entree thing to go wild and make another style, could you have? You know, I think we could, we could have. Um, there was one for each thing, but we were all just really trying to do what we did best. And I think anyone who would have tried to like grab another style would have been kind of going down with the ship, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. You know, just like, dude, it's like a denial of service attack. You're just going down <laughs> with the website. <laughs> All right, so you come out. Um, how how long how long do they actually give you? So you have you first you're doing an appetizer pizza. Oh no 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 no. So no. it was a long day, and we can talk about what they cut out. Yes, what they do not cut out is anything you don't see. There is no extra. There is a walk around the pantry just to make sure you know what to not trip over. You know, you got to run behind and not in front. You can look at what's in the fridges, but there's two sub-zero fridges full of stuff. Like, you know, unless you're an autodidact, I don't know how you can remember that. There's the pantry, so you can know better, like, grains, dried things, you know, sweet things. But, uh, no, when, when you're seeing someone, like, flailing and about to stress herp on shop, that's because that's happening in real time. That oh, clock man. doesn't stop. You start cooking right after you get that stuff out of the baskets, and it is an absolute wild trash fire nightmare. And I mean this in the most amazing way. And there, you have no clue, right? What's in what's in those baskets? You have no clue. I sat there brief because uh, you also have to sit there and like they get you know reverse angles and B roll and coverage and stuff. So you're sitting there with this basket that holds your fate, and you kind of got to sit there with your hands on it, not opening it, not looking oh. into it. And you just start to ponder, like, what if I, of all the mundane superpowers to have, could see through wicker? <laughs> <laughs> this was the time for it to show itself. But you know what? I, I'm not sure that an extra two minutes of panicking before having to cook would have helped me either. So, you know. So, what's the game plan? Because you, 
with not knowing what ingredients you have, how do you not just sit there for, I don't know, three minutes, five minutes going, all right, I got, what am I going to do with this? This is, do you have, did you have like a basic game plan and then adapted to what was in the basket or what'd you do? Yeah. So this is why it was really smart to bring different styles of pizza on the same thing. Cause we all have different hierarchies of things that define our pizza tavern style. It was sauce. So my game plan first is to get that sauce in the pan and get it cooking. Cause it's got to start to marry flavors. It's got to get a little cooked and seasoned flavor to it. Um, and then you yeah, hope, yeah, hope you don't leave it where it's burning anything and you start <laughs> running around like a absolute frantic person. Um, and I know I gotta, you know, I gotta roll out my dough. Rob, uh, Rob and Mike, they got to pan out their dough. Miriam's got to toss it. And we're all in the back of our heads. Like, that's the easy part, doing the stuff that your robot brain knows how to do. Yeah. But then your lizard brain starts to kick in, and you know what's over here, and you kind of remember what's over there in the pantry. And you're like, what can I do? And there's no lying to yourself. What can you accomplish? You can't look up anything online. You can't double check anything. It's really a test of what you know how to cook when like you are absolutely shitting your pants. <laughs> so it, what 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 surprised you in the uh, cuz you did three three rounds, right? Appetizer, main course, uh -huh. and then dessert pizza. What surprised what surprised, what surprised me, what surprised you in that for more than one round? <laughs> no, dude, I, I was so excited. Uh I don't want to because people can still probably catch it on reruns at the Food Network. So I don't know if you want to, you know, if you want no, no, us no, no, to. No, 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 let's talk around it. Let's talk around it. I was a humanities major, Brian. If those student uh, loans were good for anything, it's not popping the narrative balloon. Before no, we don't want to do sold. that. No. So what you you open up this thing. There's, there's, uh, cheese sticks was one of the things in the appetizers, right? Yeah. I'm like, what well, do you mean with cheese sticks? Well, I mean, sometimes you, you throw a hanging slider to the guy from the Midwest. <laughs> like, that's okay. <laughs> Well, I use, I mean, the, the food, so, all right, you want to get a little pizza nerdy. I'm sorry if you're listening Please to do. off here. You're but, the man, um, you're the pizza man. You know, pizza mozzarella for tavern style pizza is not the wet ball mozzarella, but it's also not the part skim mozzarella that bakes up like a skin like you see on the school pizza. You know the school pizza brand. Right, I do um, know the school pizza. It is foul. You need low moisture, full whole milk mozzarella, which is like a you buy on a deli block. Like I buy okay. deli blocks that I'm doing cross fund. Um, but not a lot of grocery stores sell full, full fat mozzarella like that because a lot of people just don't use it. So if you have to sub, what you can do is string cheese. String cheese oh. is basically full fat mozzarella and little strings. And you know what goes inside of cheese sticks? String cheese. So I'm like, well, here, there's my mozzarella. I got a little crunchy fried bit. I'm looking at the anchovies. Anchovies are the easiest thing in the world. You throw that in the sauce for richness. My, yeah. I've got, I've got fish in my regular sauce. Funkier fish, even. This is less confrontational. Uh, I believe this round had now round two is the honeycomb. Here's the yes. thing even the day of, even right. So you record those kind of like behind the scenes. You're still in the chef's coat, but you're talking about it like it's happening to you. Right. That's not like right now. That's the end of your shooting day. And <laughs> it is so, it's wild where it's like, ta 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 ta. Uh, that like you forget what you cooked, you forget what ingredients were served up in front of you <laughs> by the time that you're at the end of the day and they hand you a printout because they know this and they're like, that's your dish. And I'm like, oh, all right, like I did pretty good. Oh, yeah, that was not bad. Um, but I, you know, it's like, what are you going to make with? Uh, so there was like the charcuterie cones, right? right. Oh, that. yes, the charcuterie cones. You know, a little crispy, a little crispy meat along some cheese. Like, come on, you got, you got me there. Anchovies. Um, gosh, 
the big thing for me though was the carrots. Uh, I know a lot of people just want you know some people use the greens, which was really smart. I this this was the lizard brain moment. This is the moment I'm most uh, I'm most proud of in the entire show, which was like I'm thinking of a flavor profile that goes anything over here. What do I think of? I think of Jardinera. Well, you can't make Jardinera in less than a week. Not if you really <laughs> want it to be cool. Um, but I started to think about like the hot sauce. You know, my friend from Belize turned me on to where it's like a little cooked and heavily okay. vinegared, and you put a little shallot in there for richness. And I'm like, this can hit with some charred peppers, like all your favorite, like all the favorite stands on the southwest side used to do. You know, it was like pepper right on the on the burner flame, like my friend Jesse taught me. Our friend Jesse. Our friend Jesse. Yeah. Um, you know, I was taking all these little bitty like pebbles from uh you know taking all these little bitty pebbles from all the food experiences i've had in chicago and kind of making it into one sauce that tastes like jardinera and i mean we can spoil the first round i i want to say i had a pretty good hand in saving my butt uh for uh fighting another day there yeah no when when you're working on your own do you have any awareness of the other chefs or are you, I mean, obviously you're focused on your own thing, but can you hear them? Do you do, is there anything where you're like, what's he doing? Oh yeah. They're right. They're right next to you. You're too, yeah. you're sharing a table with somebody, at least in the first round. Okay. Um, and you have to, you know, if you're running to the pantry, you got to run behind them. You got to yell behind. I heard you yell behind very professional people said, well, you can't, you gotta do that. No, I know you like do. You don't, you know, and you take out a pan of something like a linebacker, you're the one who gets out. So they put me on the end so they would have an easy exit after the first round. So I <laughs> um, but you know, I could hear, I could hear some of them talking to me. The judges are talking about you and you can kind of hear them, but like, okay, I, it's, you, I also, especially in the first round, cannot hear them uh, because it's just the blood in my ears just whoop, 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 and like just you know absolutely freaking out like this is not only like not only am i the least experienced cook of any of these three fant uh, any of the, the other three right. fantastic pizza makers but like i'm also just oh and also i'm on chopped and like if they're freaking out for being on chopped like imagine where i'm at yeah it had to be it had to be nerve-wracking and is it is there a challenge cooking in somebody else's oven uh, usually, yes. Um, but when it is the top of the line Food Network kitchens, uh, I can I can stow my complaints that day. Okay, so so it worked out, and so now how? Like again, when we're watching the show, they have one piece of pizza is under a, a dome, and they're going through. And walk us through, or tell me what you were thinking. As they come to you now, the the three judges who who were the judges because there was the one tattooed guy on the end. I wasn't sure who he was. Oh yeah, that's Christian Petroni. He's from the Bronx. I mean, he's like he's awesome. He he came up I think through that Food Network Star Show. Oh okay, uh, and he he was oh, I liked him. Like yeah. I uh, I don't know why I did this. Um, you two might be aware of the fact that because we know each other. I have a real big mouth sometimes, and you know, came out in that that sweater, you know, that one yep. that looks like from that hundred year old company that CBS Sunday Morning was on this year, right? Uh, and you know, they weave the blankets in the desert, and they, uh, I go, hey, can I have a Werther's original? And uh, <laughs> everyone heard me say it, and it's you know, it's like for a second, you're like, you know, have you ever had the feeling like I said the thing that went too far? Oh, always. That's it was like my whole career. Yes. And then he like threw his head back and laughed. I'm like, all right, all right, this guy's good. But I'm like, that was a really low stakes, like Joe Pesci Goodfellas moment I had for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh. So when they, what's going through your mind? You, you did your pizza. 
You mm-hmm. pulled it out. How'd you feel about your appetizer pizza? I mean, I, didn't, I felt like I didn't have enough time. Um, okay. But, you know, it's also, you know, I'm rolling out the dough on the day, you know, usually at home. I cure it, like, was uh, featured in the New York Times. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I roll it out, Doc, and everything. And, you know, it's like, especially, like, there's not enough time and chop to do anything you want to 100%. That's why this is such a great test. It's like, it's, you know, like, one of those professional exams where, like, you can't get 100% physically. So, like, right. like you know, how far can you throw the rock? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I felt pretty good. I wish I would have cut up some uh, some basil or something on top, you know, a little green. Uh, yeah. It, did. it had a little bit of a Midwestern color palette, but I was true to who, who I was. That you were on um, brand. I am glad I served the jardinera on the side. It was nice and spicy, but not everyone likes that. Right. Also, like, one of the judges was Ann Kim, who has no problem with spice. And... Her compliment about she would buy that in a jar. I was like, well, if I got booted this round, I think that's something pretty fun yeah. to pack home with me in my suitcase. It was even with even with some of the um, critiques, the 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 less than glowing critiques, uh, which everybody got. There was nobody was a, nobody went through it unscathed. But yeah, she seemed to really like a lot of your stuff, as did the the guy from the Bronx. I mean, uh, they and, all and did. Too. Yeah. They're all they, great. Like people, yeah, they all seem like, cool. Scott Scott Conant mean. I'm like, no, not Scott Conant's mean. Scott Conant is a strict judge on a reality food cooking show, and he does that job great. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was very cool. So, so that was not the only time you were able to stand in front of the judges. Indeed, and you know the cool thing, oh, behind the scenes. So you need yes. four plates of food. They say um, okay which is great for pizza. But they say, you know, you divide it up among four plates, you play it like you want. Uh, if you fall short on one of those plates, one of those is going to go to the judges because the best looking plate, it goes to that glamour shop. Sure. Yeah. Have. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you better put out four real good plates of food because your weakest is going to be one of the things that the judges give you. How did, like, if, if you're making a, a, a dinner with a protein and a potato and a veg, you can plate it a certain way. Pizza, how is there a, way to cut it other than cut the piece and put it on a plate well sure i mean you look at the okay, whole well, especially listen. my kind of pizza right you get you you look at the whole atlas the neighborhood map of tavern style pizza you got your little bitty corner piece sure you got your corner adjacent guy you got your your kind of middle one with a little bit of a handle on the end you got your middle piece and i think that any pizza maker tavern style pizza maker worth their salt has to also stand by their middles okay so a little mix of everything for everybody okay a corner adjacent guy, but uh, there's all sorts of tastes out there. You don't want to, you don't want to be accused of middle erasure and then lose a judge. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a. You know, I'll eat the middle, but only after all the outside is gone. Oh, you know, it's maybe maybe you need a place that does the middles better. Maybe I do. You yeah, know? I've maybe. done a hard 180. I used to be anti-middle, and now I'm I'm middle all the way. But you know, if it's like steamy and soggy, if it's weighed down, like I've had bad middles. Like I'm not. I think it's the hardest part to nail. Okay. How did your middles stack up? Uh, good enough, I guess. Good enough. <laughs> so then they moved to an entree pizza. And uh, again, you're up against now. Now there's three of you. Mm-hmm. And everybody's very qualified. And I'm trying to remember everything that came out. The honeycomb was in this one. And was that the one with the, the Kung Pao chicken? Kung Pao, yeah, just a just a full takeout order of yeah. Kung Pao chicken. That was some wild stuff. The Lacinito kale and the yes. bison hot dogs or cured sausages. They're like bison brats, but right. they weren't 
my my initial thought i sliced one open and i'm like oh maybe i can take this out and uh oh like crumble it up take the casing off and treat it with some of those peppers yeah and and, uh, but no this was like cooked cooked and uh you know kind of cured so that was a little 180 that's why i ended up um i ended up tossing it in the korean chili paste the goju john uh frying the kale because i've been frying kale for my vegan relatives for years okay. um honeycomb in the sauce it was pretty good honeycomb and uh the see this i i can never remember all four things at once right what'd you do oh, with the, the I kept... yeah i just i turned it i kind of separated it out and uh scattered it across we we did a little meat lovers kind of thing you know you get your bison you get your chicken you get your peppers and i was yeah i was very proud of how that turned out and then i finished yeah. everything on top i married it with this uh chili oil so and it was it came out of the oven. Watching you make your sauces was amazing because I was like, "Oh, that's oh okay." Every every time you did something, I was like, "Oh, look at that! Oh, that's pretty. That very interesting." So I liked how you were how you were doing that. And was there ever a moment when you opened the basket and were like, "Oh, uh, what am oh, I going to yeah. do?" The uh, the I mean. Yeah, in the first one, it's like you're looking at that charcuterie cone, and you're like, "Oh, yeah. they gave me a mini basket in the basket." But uh, you didn't have to use all of that, right? Because that's no, no, that no, confused me when I thing. first saw it. I was like, "How is he going to use? How is any? How are any of them going to use all that stuff in that little charcuterie charcuterie cone?" Yeah, no, I used the bresaola. I'm pretty sure I ate some of the bresaola afterwards. <laughs> Big fan. Um, I, the dessert round when they ate little pizza muffins, like it's weird. I was fine with the vegan pepperoni, I was right? The freeze dried rings of pineapple but the uh yeah that, like wait will you give me a version of already pizza like that's the thing that threw me that around and i was like dang <laughs> yeah dessert i mean i've only seen dessert pizza at a couple places and it's usually pretty basic it's like a can of uh you know apple pie filling or cherry filling and then some you know crumble on top that's oh if i was if i was smart i would have fried my dough and it would have been just built on top of it with the rest of that stuff that you love pineapple on pizza are you I love that's the one kind of pineapple I have. I have a pound of pineapple powder in my pantry for messing around with, like for little experiments and stuff. And yeah. that those stupid NASA rings were the one, the one kind I had not worked with. And I think it showed. <laughs> Cause I have made no secret that I'm not a pineapple on pizza guy. And I, I saw that co- the internet. Yeah. I was like, Oh no. What? But then I thought this is right up John's alley. He loves using pineapple. This is gonna be, this is gonna be perfect. I didn't realize that it was that weird freeze dried pineapple ring. Well, I wasn't entirely. I mean, it was freeze dried, but you know, it's not like uh, it's not like T one thousand and the Terminator where you just freeze dry and then you can shatter it into dust. That would have been, <laughs> been cool. Goo is less so, less so. Um, yeah, it was cool. And you know what? Um, you want to talk about what they cut out? I got yeah. I got there like I said at five thirty in the morning. Uh, by the time I was done my interviews and everything and cooking, uh, I left at nine forty five at night. So what else is a cut there is like a whole day of being fried. <laughs> Whoa! So oh. it was like by that time I'm like, you know what? I am so happy. Like I cooked my dishes and I am gone. And like I was I was in Zen mode. In fact, I was still amped. I like yeah, I didn't sleep the night before. Right. Mention this, but like not only did I not sleep the night before, one time when I got to sleep, I had nightmares that I was on a cocktail show on Food Network and I couldn't find the liquor. Oh no, that would not be good. That's wild. I didn't drink the night before. I took a long walk around Central Park. I'm like, I'm gonna have a good boy night's sleep, and uh, you know, 
life, it's, my brain, my brain. Yeah, the brains cool. don't brains don't like to do what we want them to do. Sometimes I did yeah. see that you found a couple nice pubs while you were in New York. Oh my gosh, I know. I my fr- I owe him a thousand apologies. My friend from ESPN, he uh, he goes, you got to go to this place, and I'm like, he's like, it's it's pretty near where you're staying. And I'm like, I'm gonna go to a bar in Times Square. He's like, trust me, I know the kind of bar you like. I went. It is one of america's finest dive bars every city should have a dive bar like this used to be owned by a boxer his son owns it now uh was a cornerman it is an absolute dive priced like a dive it is full of happy neighborhood people there um i drank watched that was bears patriots night. i yeah. watched the bears patriots game what was left of it and uh you know, had a few drinks. I think I bought around for people that I met and Bill was like twenty, twenty three dollars at the end of <laughs> like that kind of place. Wow, that is for New York, that is for anywhere that's crazy. In but Times Square? York, in Times Square. What's the name of the place? Jimmy's Corner. Jimmy's it is Jimmy's one of Corner. America's finest bars. Nice. Very nice. Look at that. Now, so you've had to keep this secret for all this time. Since October. Have you, uh, well, that had to be rough. I'm sure you were able to tell, you know, your home folks. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, can't, can't come home and clam up about it. And think oh, I you're going to tell them what's happening? Now, you joked that you joked about worried about going past the first round. Was that, is that humble, you know, uh, false humility? Or was there really a point when you were like looking at the competition and, thinking yeah I'm, I'm done oh i didn't think i was done uh i thought i have to absolutely walk the tire rope of you know delivering exactly what i set out to do but no i mean that show uh food tv is full of people who will happily go into the first round boasting about how hard they're gonna win and then just absolutely skid out yes. it's half of the fun of watching food tv exactly no i love it i love it when somebody is that's why i kind of thought the guy from long island was going to be out because he was he was full of bluster, just like as you would expect he somebody get, from Long Island to, to do. I do believe he got the Long Island edit. Rob is a fine human being and a really nice pizza maker. Oh, he didn't. No, he didn't seem like a jerk. He just seemed like a guy from Long Island. He, oh, yeah. No, he's he very Long Island. Yes, he, he was everything. <laughs> if I said, there's a pizza maker from Long Island, you could go to Central Casting and bring Rob out. And again, <laughs> his pizzas looked... Watching that show, I had to get pizza Friday night because I watched oh, yeah. it on Thursday, and and Debbie and I were both watching it while we were having dinner, and I was like, we need to get pizza because yeah, there was every everybody's pizza looked great. Um, I know the barata threw off, uh, and I I forget the woman's name uh, again, but she tried to throw a barata on right at the end, and it's always like people who know what they're doing, like the four of you recognize a mistake pretty quick. And in her exit interview, she was like, yeah, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that burrata because it just kind of blooped all over the pizza. Yeah. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta do something. I, I think it's probably uh, Miriam. Uh, Miriam. Yes. I, I think that it's still better to go out trying something than go out going, well, rats. Yeah. It, I think if you they went, well, you, you overshot sounds better yeah. than, why didn't you use cheese? This is, you know, this pizza is yeah. boring. I think you the know? ultimate American dream, uh, chopped and elsewhere, is to go out on a rocket made of your own hubris and then <laughs> leave it to fate. 
And it did. So now do you think, uh, will there be more TV in the often? Oh, I have no idea. Would you want to hear another hour of that? I would want to see, I would want to see Alley Pizza. You know, I would, I would, I think that would be a fine documentary. Um, I I mean, if, if, if guy wants to roll through the alley uh, in a big open top convertible, like yeah, nothing says dive more than eating pizza surrounded by vermin in an alley. Yeah. Just bring some lights for night shooting. And also those are my family and friends, Brian. Well, they're all very nice, but you know, I got to call it like I see it, John. That's uh, that's just the way it goes. But um, so then this one was very exciting. Now I'm sure, like you said, Rob's restaurant has, has gotten a huge boost. I'm sure the interest in Crust Fun Pizza has exploded. So yeah. what's what's next for what's next for you and Crust Fun Pizza? Oh, I can't. I mean, we threw we threw that that fundraiser uh, on Tuesday yep. and out of the airing to raise some money. I didn't quite get the ten thousand dollars on the show, but I got eighty three hundred raised from that event last Tuesday. Uh, nice. A big, a big to do. Uh, what I'm looking forward to in April is going back to the alley and selling some pizzas the old-fashioned way for next month. There you go. And have you already decided who will benefit from April's pizzas? Not sure yet. We will wait and see. And for those who don't know, like I said earlier, you follow John on social media, at Nachos and Lager, on Twitter and Instagram. And tell us, one, how do you decide what you're going to make? Because every month... Every month there's some variety in the pizzas. It's not like, I'm going to make a pepperoni pizza. Because you make a fine uh, cup and char pepperoni pizza. But it's, you know, every month you have different ones. How do you decide? Is it just what you're experimenting with or what people have asked for? Look, I can give you the, the answer that I would give uh, to another food TV station, which is like, you know, I really look uh, for the flavors of speaking to me that month. Or oh. I find something really great and in season. Or I talk to a local producer. Wow. All these things have been true in the past, but let me give you the real skinny uh, on how most months are made. Okay. I will be doing something completely unrelated to pizza, and I will think of a really stupid name in the back of my head, and I will reverse engineer a pizza that makes sense for that name. Okay. So we redid the gym shoe pizza for that party on Tuesday, and that's because... Uh, I had been listening to Mike and the Mechanics uh, the other week, and I was like, hey, I should name a pizza. All I need is a miracle. All I need is shoe. And that's how that pizza got made. Okay. And yes. It has some great Southside gym shoe flavor. It has a delightful tzatziki with sumac that I adore. Uh, it has my friend Jay West's mild sauce, which is the best recipe. Nails it. Uh, but it starts with the name a lot of times. Can I ask what Southside Jim Shoe flavor is? Is that an umami? Oh, you've never had a Jim Shoe? And you're a Sox fan, Brian. No, I've never had a Jim Shoe. Oh, it's this. I've no, had a, a horseshoe down in in Springfield. Whole different thing, but also delicious. Jim Shoe is a Southside sub thing. And it's basically you take all the elements so we can get at a Southside sub shop and you put it on one thing. You griddle the meats, you corn beef, roast beef, gyro meat. You griddle it up with onions. You put it on a roll with mustard, mayonnaise, sometimes ketchup for some people. Uh, there's lettuce, tomatoes, jardinera, uh, tzatziki sauce, mild sauce. Gosh, I'm missing something. Uh, but basically everything. Everything from the south side. Oh, uh, cheese, obviously. Okay. Um, griddle it up, slip it on a roll. This thing comes out like the size of like a pretty decent sized uh, puppy mill puppy. 
<laughs> it is delicious. It is packed full of flavor. Nobody on the north side makes it except for one place. I believe it's on Devon Avenue that I haven't tried. Uh, but yeah, go Stony Subs on Ashland on the south side. Get a gym okay. shoe. It is worth it. All right. I'll go check that Mon- out. Monica Hang, WBEZ, they did like a whole show on like the gym shoe sandwich. And they never really? got to the bottom of the name. But they had some theories, and they have a great history of a really wonderful culinary treasure that does not get the same hype as some of the things on the north side of town. Wow. All right. I got to try that out. So and have J- you... J-I-M shoe. The J- oh, the J-I-M? Not, mm-hmm. the, uh, not the gym like I went to the gym? Well, I think it's kind of tongue-in-cheek. Some places don't get the joke, and they do spell it that way. You gonna do uh, listen i don't get any jokes john i just uh, you know when it comes to eating <laughs> i just want to i just want to get my food i don't need i don't need to, to be cute and uh you know engaging mentally i just need yeah. it to satisfy me and make cute me enough good. already brian well thank you um so all right well, well now i'm now Speak, I'm speaking of uh yeah, Cody, following you on social media uh john i saw some pictures of obviously the episode in the revolution tap room uh so are people recognizing you on the street now are you like yeah. super local celebrity i think people go to pick up their pizza are you like oh i saw you on tv well that aired last week i had a couple days in the office and then over the weekend i got covid so i'm not out until no. next week so oh, oh no, no. have to be subjected to me oh do you do you blame well no you were in new york in october so Oh no. no! I don't blame it. I play. I have three kids. Germs are coming in from everywhere. That's so, true. You know, such is life. That's yeah. true, man. Oh man! Well, that's no good. Ah, now, how fine. are you going to enjoy fine. your celebrity? Well, you let it percolate a little bit. Build up I that. Find... Where in the world is John Carruthers? Nobody. Nobody's seen him since the airing. I think if I took a moment and enjoyed my celebrity, I think my wife's eyes might roll out of her head, and she would be right <laughs> to do so. You looked good on TV. I got to tell you, it was it was odd a couple times seeing you without a hat. Uh, yeah. You're you're a guy uh, like our good friend Craig Collins, who I never see without a hat. You know, I'm I'm all about modesty. You got to leave something to the imagination, even in these modern times. Well, what's going on under there that you have to be modest about? <laughs> oh, regular big old head. Okay. It's just like mine. It's actually taller than mine. Usually, if he takes it off, it just like springs up. So wow. Yeah. You got a kid in play going on under there. It's just wiry Scottish horse hair, same as any other person. <laughs> but it was, you looked good, you sounded good, you didn't seem, you if you were if you were at all nervous or apprehensive, it didn't come across on camera. You looked, you looked like you'd been there before. It was one of those things, like, you know when you're riding a roller coaster as a kid yeah. and you are just, like, freaking out in the line and when they're strapping you in and when the thing's climbing... And then the minute you're going down, it's like, this is the greatest moment of my life. It was like that. Uh, I knew that I was a little freaked out uh, when we were in the green room and someone's like, all right, so who do you think is going to win? Oh, no. And the uh, the PA goes, oh, maybe the quiet guy. And he's pointing to me. And I'm like, oh, God, if I'm the quiet guy, I am seriously freaked out right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, have, you have messed up your entire, uh, your entire mojo. Your brand is not the quiet guy. But yeah, I mean the the thing flips on and like that timer stops for nothing. Cut myself in the first round, didn't stop. Did you really? Uh, yeah, just with a peeler. Like it was a bit, you know, you can't be bleeding on food. Can't no, be bleeding. That's on true. Food. So I lost a couple of minutes just you know getting it. You know, you got like they get a medic and they go, whoop, looks good. Inspector station, good. But uh, yeah, once it starts, like you. Well, they didn't. They didn't pause everything while you were at the medic. It was like you're just missing anything. out. 
I could have Ooh. dug my head in a deep fryer and they would have been like, ooh, tough roll for John over there. Let's see what he's doing. Why, why would you do that? You know, maybe I'd battered it first. Oh, well, all right. It's a blue, you never blooming been head. Scotch egg death mask? That would be nice. I'd just come up and peel your face, dip you in some uh, nice sauce. Yeah. It'd be delicious. It'd do be you cool. get any feedback? Like, after it's over, when, when the whole show is done and the four year just chilling and the judges, are, do they come up after and give you any other feedback? Or is what we saw on camera the only stuff they said to you? Oh, no, it was really all that was on camera. They keep, I mean, the contestants all talk to each other backstage. <coughs> Excuse me. But the judges, they just uh, are in a whole separate area and stuff. Okay. And I'm pretty sure they leave right after because they don't have yeah. to do a whole lot extra. I did run into Chris on the way out. I was a judge on the right. And yeah. uh, he high-fived me. He was like, hey, great job today, man. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, buddy. That's cool. Nice. Yeah, he was cool. No, and, uh, I can't wait to get to Pizzeria Lola, which is Ann Kim's place in Minneapolis one day because uh, she makes some very fine pizza. Does and she? I would love to be like, hey, remember that time? Remember that time you sat in judgment of me? That was pretty fun. Maybe you bring her a bottle of Jardinero when you're going up to visit. I don't see any way I can't. That, uh, yeah, that would be, you know, that would be silly. What is, was I right at the, before as I was introducing you? Are uh, the, um, Brad kept calling it pizziola. Is that is that what we call pizza makers? I think so. If they don't look like me and have my background, yes. All right. <laughs> so we just call you a guy who makes good pizza. I was still freaked out being called chef in every communication up to and including the show. Pizziolo is two bridges too far. I would. We're gonna start. Should we? So we should refrain from calling you chef. I would just think that. Well, yes, obviously. Okay. I would think that the for the next uh, tavern per pizza person who gets called Pizzaiolo will be equally as puzzled. <laughs> well, it was it was very very exciting for us to watch you. I can't imagine it was it was only a fraction of how exciting it must have been for you to be on there. So, April, you're going to be doing another uh, doing another crust fund drive. Mm -hmm. uh, I've heard rumors that there may be another book in the offing. There just might be. This summer might be called Super Pizza World, be another continuing adventure in the Pizza Church Cookbook universe. Very nice. Yeah, it's uh, reading those recipes and reading in the, the first book, It's there's no lack of imagination and no lack of desire for people to make their own pizza. One, because pizza's gotten really expensive to buy at a, at a pizza place, but also because there's something about making it yourself and creating it. Have your kids, have your kids tired of Friday pizza night or is that, are they still very jazzed that dad's making pizza every Friday? Oh no, they love doing that. Um, the only fights these days on Fridays are about the movie selection. Okay. No, Do you acquiesce to, to them? Go Star Wars. Oh no, no, no. They pick. It's just, I have more than one kid. So there's never a choice. Oh, that's true. That's true. They don't want. Uh, well, the baby's not really picking yet, no, right? Give her time. Yeah. Then you'll have three, three pages. But then you just sit back with your pizza and you know maybe an adult beverage, and uh, you know let them fight it out. Thunderdome. How it. I prefer my pizza. And yeah, my just child fights. Throw a couple. Throw a couple. Uh, you know, couple piece of paper with some suggestions. Let the kids thunderdome it, and then whoever brings you the piece of paper, that's the movie you watch. Can I tell you the most rewarding personally moment? Yes. And this will only register with some of your audience, but uh, we watch Star Wars in number order, you know? So you oh, start okay. The, uh, 
start with those uh, Windows screensaver nightmares and you, you get to the middle there. And I was worried, right? Because those first three are made for kids and have very attention span for kids kind of things. Right. I'm like, are they going to hate it when this flips over to the original Star Wars, the thing that actually opened my heart to sci-fi? And they loved it. And they loved The Empire Strikes Back. And they were like, oh, it's over. And then they loved Return of the Jedi because, like, I mean, come on, we all love Ewoks yeah. and Master Monsters. And that was very cool. They were, like, kind of bored with the first three dead. Love Princess Leia. Let's keep going. And I'm like, oh, phew. okay. Hope for the youth. How did they feel about Jar Jar Binks? I don't think they brought him up once afterwards, which, okay. honestly, Good. as a society, we could have been healthier if we had done that. Why I, did I, you decide to? Uh, why did you decide to go chronological? I'd always wondered what it would be like because you know it was like we all got them, uh, you know we all got one, two, three foisted on us years down the line, and like right. we already knew the whole story of Star Wars, right? Right. We didn't need to add to it, but uh, <laughs> I was like, you know what? For kids, like you could start watching them in whatever order. So I'm like, we're gonna do number order, but Boom. they didn't. There you go. And was gonna be Darth Vader. Sorry for the spoiler. Really. Like, and they knew kind of who Darth Vader was because, like, that's like a pop culture like, huh? Right. But they were like, Anakin and Darth Vader. And it was like, <laughs> you know, but then also, you know, you don't get the surprise uh, that you get during Empire, right? Right. When Luke finds out. Still pretty cool. I, I defend it. Also, I mean, not for nothing, if you're committing to the full marathon, watch you're getting the first three out of the way. That's probably, yeah. That's, that's probably so much. Oh, our. Our transmission is broken. We need to win a pod race with CGI Greg Proops. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and I got no hit for Jake Lloyd, but like, I'm like, I'm like looking at my watch. I'm like, well, how long have we been on this stupid planet? <laughs> it takes forever. It's like when you watch too many episodes of a serial that takes too long to go. And you're like, I'm not sticking with this show. I'm like, I kind of left the theater. And so I'm like, hey, did you catch episode two of uh, Star Wars? It really picks up. I'm like, nah, I'm done with it. Yeah. That's unfortunate. That's how I was after Jar Jar. I was like, I, I'm sorry, I'm out. And for I that reason, I've been chopped. I never made it to nine in the new trilogy. Like, I, after eight, I was just like, what the hell is this? I don't care oh, anymore. Oh, no. Can you schedule a separate episode where we're going to have words? Yes, we could have We could have a Star a defending your Star Wars. We finally no. had the Star Wars where more than 12 people in the universe exist, and everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. They don't all look the same. We got we don't like this at all. Mm -hmm. Was that the last one with that there that uproar? With there were so here's the thing. Uh people either hated eight or hated nine, and it's like, you know, it's they kind of kind of got a little something for everybody at the end there. Still love the last three better than the first three by a country mile. Now are you are have you then gone on to like Rogue One, a Star Wars story and all these oh, ancillary one. ones? Rogue One is like in the top echelon of Star Wars things for me. Yeah. I have not finished Andor yet, but it is dynamite so far. And still catching up on Mando. Didn't like Boba Fett. Didn't like Obi Wan, but haven't okay. finished either of them either. I gotta watch. See, I watched season one of The Mandalorian. And I liked it. It's so really I gotta, good. I gotta watch Space season Western. two. That's all we yeah, ever that's, wanted. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's it. Like it's everything you know, should be dusty and gross. You should be watch it, watching it, thinking how wonderful that I live on a planet where you could just buy wet wipes and have them around. Yes. No, I love. That's what I liked about it. It had that. Uh, you know, Clint Eastwood man with no name kind of Western vibe to it where he yeah. was just, he was just in there. What's next then? What's the next, uh, sci-fi saga that you will hopefully turn the kids on to? Cause they responded very well to this. I don't know. Like 
part of me is like Dune and I'm like, but it's legal now in Illinois and I'm not sure if I want them doing that. Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes you can't, it's like we give George Lucas crap, but it's hard to pick something that is both as user friendly and as deep to kind of fall into if you want to become a super, uh, super dork about it. Now, are you a, uh, a fantasy guy or just science fiction? Like with the Lord of the Rings movies, those are very long though. Oh yeah, no. I mean, what? Give me, give me an indoor kid hobby. I had it at one point. Okay, so there maybe that maybe the that'll do it. Now, have they have the older ones shown any interest in following in your pizza making footsteps? I know, I know they help you on Fridays sometimes. Yeah, but are they, they like curing to... the dough? Are they uh, rolling things out? So are they farm my... to table sourcing some of your ingredients? My daughter wrote a menu and opened a restaurant. Oh, uh, just this last week. Very nice. She made something with chocolate and marshmallows and peanut butter, all kind of globbed together. And she's like, hmm. She tried it. She said, I think I'm going to close early today. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good business model. <laughs> this is awful. I'm not opening. So, what kind, what is she trying to, uh, what is her food of choice for the restaurant? You know, she had like things she can make, like a peanut butter sandwich, Ooh. toast, bananas. Sometimes things from one preparation ended up in another, and I'm like, "That's a good way to fill out a menu, honey." Yeah, that sounds great. Well, then she she requested pizza dough for the next time she wants to open. So I'm like, Ooh. "Do you think of pizza? Or she's thinking like garlic knots? Is she thinking like little fried pretzel nuggets? Like we might have a we might have a genius on our hands." This could be, yeah, this could be the thing. I like that all of you have side hustles. Even the children. Don't let Keep them just sit honest. around watching Star Wars all day. They got <laughs> hey, get out there and start making some some dough. Some food. I think it's they can sit around watching TV all day too. Don't underestimate them. No, I listen. Who <laughs> who couldn't? That would be it would be lovely. Well, I know you're ill. I don't want to keep you uh too much longer, but you're welcome to stay. But I don't want you to feel you have to stay. But oh, before this, but if, this I highly recommend second COVID over first COVID. A plus. I have not okay. had second COVID. First was not well, bad for me though. Maybe not. You know. I <laughs> yeah, had... no. First was not. I did not have a good time with my first at all. It was like, should I go to the hospital or should I just die? Whoa. Like it was. It didn't feel good. It really, no, I really did think about going to the hospital for just the first like twenty four hours, and I was right. like, oh, I can breathe again. That's good. That's pretty yeah, rough. We though. got lucky. The three of us, uh, we all got our first COVID at different times, but it was all thankfully. Semi mild. Do the oldest kids go like to daycare or, or school yet? Is the oldest? Oh one yeah, I school? got two kids in CPS. I got one kid in daycare. It's okay. a wonder that I am not in an iron lung. Yeah, that's. I was gonna say. Yeah, once the kids go of out in any public, sort of viruses. It just there's the grunge, you know. It's you gotta you toughen yourself up when you got kids in school. It's like uh, building up blackened layers on the outside of a cast iron, you know. It is all the time. Little kids are disgusting. I love yeah. them, but they're high, they're hygienically challenged. That's what I mean by disgusting. Not oh, yeah, they're setting. That's why the pig pen was the really only honest kid in Charlie Brown. Yes, and it's we have like in my class there is a literal pig pen. He comes to school clean, and honest to God, by lunchtime his arms and hands are covered with filth. There's stuff all over. I'm like, I, I say to the co-teacher, "How did he get so dirty?" She's like, "I don't know. He he just attracts filth." Just and crawling then, around in the vents oh like that. Oh my plane. god! And they're sneezing and coughing right in your face, and it's just there's so much snot and 
spittle flying around. I'm surprised every kid isn't in some sort of uh, iron lung or medical, you know, treatment center. Oh, it's just bulletproof. They're all they're all Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yeah, <laughs> they just they just get sicker and sicker and sicker. Uh, now, uh, John, you're a, a Chicago resident, as am I. Did you uh, vote for? I'm not asking who you voted for, but did you cast your vote for mayor? Of course, I voted for mayor. Voting for mayor is your ticket for four years of complaining about whoever's in charge. I voted for the person I thought was going to lose because I didn't care for either candidate. So I voted for the one that I thought was going to lose so that I do have those four years to just rail against the establishment. And that's probably uh, not the best way to vote. My alderman is unopposed and I like him. So it's like it lost some of the drama. You know, for yeah. a while, I was really good at voting against alder people, and usually they were on their way out. So, like, sure. personally, I'd be like, hey, good job, you. <laughs> our alderman, well, I voted for our current alderman because every time we've had to contact the office, whether it was for a speed bump on our street that, you know, had become basically a hole or other stuff, they got it done right away. So that was easy. I voted for somebody that I've actually had experience doing a good job. For mayor, I was like, I don't like either one of you. So I'll vote for you because I don't think you're going to win. Uh, and then I become can... a pincushion of an office, that that mayor. Jeez, it is just. It's awful. so quaint. You guys are voting for nice positions like mayor, like out here in the burbs. Uh, we have a hotly contested election for the library board. Uh, really? It is, it is. It is heating uh, up. You got one of those gross things with the weirdos. With the... <laughs> don't do that. We had a gross thing with weirdos. <laughs> That doesn't narrow oh, it down. No, people who get passionate about running for the library board don't do it because they love books. Right. <laughs> yeah. Why are they? Uh, what's I, I the, what's Cody the? I was going to talk about how out in the hinterlands they're voting for town selectmen like it's the beginning of a Stephen King novel. <laughs> <laughs> what's the big? Uh, what's the big uh, ruckus over the library board? Oh, they moved to it. They uh. built a new building. The property was valued at like seven hundred thousand, but the city paid like three million for it. And it's like, why did they let that happen? It's too late Where now. Where do you live that a library-sized piece of property is? Seven? No, no, never mind. See, we're getting sucked into it right good, now. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a horrible juicy. suburban vortex. It's juicy out here. I got the local newspaper over there. Uh, the Lombard, <laughs> the Lombardian, a Lombard the paper Lombardian. for Lombard people. That's the tagline. <laughs> that actually, that actually sounds like a much more innocent version of what I had in my head with what people are trying to do with the libraries around the around certain parts of the country these days. So, well, there's also that. Going. There's also uh, that going on, John. He didn't mention that. The uh, they're bringing in giant burn burn pits around every library too. So for yeah. for books for just yeah. you know anything Mark Twain wrote. I mean he's just off limits right at this point. Listen, we got to get rid of any any thought we that should, challenges we, anything. We should have canceled him centuries ago. <laughs> I have been trying to get a hop on pop band since my kids uh, slipped one of my discs out of alignment. Fair, um, fair. Okay. Really bad. I'm sorry. That was just bad. Okay. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> no. I... <laughs> I'm working on getting pop. Trust me, I've band. stolen it already. I'm just trying C to minus, C minus material. No. <laughs> no, that's it's late. We don't expect that. Listen, you went above a D. We're you know we're happy you passed. So that's it's that kind of self regard that gets you on food television in the first place. <laughs> no, it's tavern. It's throwing those tavern style pizzas around nonstop. Uh, let me give you another plug while we're still talking. Follow John. Read it on the screen or listen to me say it. Nachos and Lager, Instagram, Twitter, it's all there. Uh, Mike says he gets to vote for fire trustee. I don't even know what that means. Mike, if I can give you one piece of political advice, is never trust fire. Oh, that's 
That is good advice. Double, I'm doubling down now. Advice. This next 30 minutes is going to be a big Neil hamburger routine. <laughs> <laughs> John, I, all right, let's get off pizza for a minute. Since you decided to stay, I know you're very handy in the kitchen. Are you handy in the bathroom? Uh, I can point at where it's leaking and go, we should call someone for that. Okay. That's, I, I've been trying. My hands are coated with black. You can't see it. Uh, my fingernails are all cut. Like I, like I'm a working man. Like I have a guy who has a real job. Mm -hmm. I look like I've been out laboring all day, which everybody knows is false, but I'm trying to replace my, uh, ball cock assembly in my toilet. And that is not, I gotta that go. it, crony. That's what it says on the box. <laughs> That's I, I bought it at Home Depot. I'm not making this up, but I can't. So I got the tank drained. Everything's good. I got the old one out, but now I'm at the bottom where the plastic uh, threads come through the tank and a nut goes, a plastic nut goes up there to hold it tight on the tank. And I got it to a certain point. And now the plastic, uh, I didn't realize, I don't know how. The plastic threads are stripped, so I can't get it down. So I, I'm not sure if I'm going to have to blow up the toilet, if I'm going to have to saw through it, if I'm going to have to get a sawzall or a flamethrower or something just to get that plastic out. I think you got to burn the place down for the insurance money. Yep. That, it, that's, well, that's funny because you're I'm mentioning not, that. And I'm like, oh, that the thread. I had a leak from the threads. Once it's like the one thing I've ever been able to, uh, yeah. been able to fix. The threat, no, if I, you know, I've got the plumber's tape. If it's just leaking, the, oh, I can plumber's tape stuff. It's fantastic. But I can't, I'm in there with two wrenches go, trying to go opposite directions. Plus, I'm always bad because I say in my head, righty, tighty, lefty, loosey. And when it's something like that, a lot of times it's like righty, down. loosey, lefty, yeah. tighty. And I'm like, I, math and geometry were never my strong suits. My my first place that I owned and thus could not pawn stuff off on a friend of the landlord, uh, it was a place built in 2008. Uh, okay. Get that idea. Pretty. So uh, top of the line finishes. So like, you know, a fly-by-night construction company made a bunch of condos. Uh, and we had bought from whoever, uh, whatever poor soul had fled the country to avoid paying it. And so they had uh, these top of the line fixtures, which was apparently shorthand for real weird custom stuff that never became the standard and they don't oh. make the parts anymore. So I got pretty good at... Uh, <laughs> fixing these little parts of the toilet that you just couldn't buy anymore. Oh, no. Yeah, I was the version of those mechanics in Havana who keep those 54 cars running. Because okay. of, you know, and I, yeah, I paint flames on the side and be like, look at my baby, feel it purr. Right. Your toilet had flames yeah. on it? Oh, yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. I would feel energized. I would never want to get off. I'd be in there making all kinds of sounds. Not not potty sounds, but race car sounds. But everything was a weird shape. Everything was an, uh, an off-standard size. It's like you'd go, you'd take a piece to, you know, like a hardware store, and they'd be like, where did you? <laughs> what Soviet satellite country that no longer exists sold you this toilet? <laughs> Yeah, that's never good. Because or when you move into a place and the guy, the previous owner was a handyman, a fix-it guy, and oh, then the yeah. first thing goes wrong, and somebody comes to look at it and goes, "Oh my God, you're lucky this place hasn't burned down. We got to redo all this wiring." Uh -oh. oh yeah, if you give me two houses, you say you choose between the house from the fix-it guy and the house from the guy who made his family money on asbestos. I might pick asbestos guy. Yeah, because worse you're gonna get is cancer. You're not gonna go bankrupt. Our previous yeah. owner was really nice. They actually left it so that 
you could not, you, we had a lot of options for our paints because we could see what color they painted the wall, but they also just left just enough of the previous like three colors of paint on the wall. So we get a little sample up there like, oh, it used to be purple. I wonder what the you know, room would look like. Just, <laughs> they, just there's not a lot of attention to detail in the, uh, you know, uh, finishing anything really, any of the jobs. A lot of like there were all of our half of our windows upstairs just didn't have a, they weren't framed. They just, they just like put them in. And there was just like no trim. They weren't. It. Yeah, there was like no trim. <laughs> there were frame. There was no trim around the window. No, just like it was just painted windows. windows on a wall, like in Roadrunner. Basically, <laughs> so I'm like, I guess we should put trim on the windows. I don't know why that's not here, but okay. So yeah, I moved into a house, our first house, and I walked into the living room. It was a little Cape Cod, and I walked in. I was like, man, it's pretty dark in this living room. There was just a big picture window uh, in the front, and then. We're going around and I walked around the side of the house and there was an awning and a big window. And I'm like, there's no window inside the liver. They had paneled over the whole wall, paneled over the window and everything. My, <laughs> what are you yes, doing? That is that this house too. They had, it was in the basement too, where like you want even a modicum of a clue that you exist in the world of men. Right. And the, uh, the, yeah, I, I walked around the house and sure enough, they, they had drywalled over the windows. Like, oh I don't my know God. if it, you know, like maybe something's haunted. Don't know. Haven't found out yet, but been here long wow. enough. Wow. What was but, going on in that basement? It was very strange. And like, they put, <laughs> they put white carpeting in the basement and I'm like, yeah, like you do. Sure. Cause that's the basement is where you're really never tracking in dirt or anything. Well, I'm, you know, that's why we bought the, the the house had sat vacant for three years and we went in and we're like, uh, white carbon. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. It's still white. Like, all right. I trust the sep uh, I trust the sewer system here. Yeah, that's true. You know, you're not flooding. So that's good. Well, in the this house in the next to the fireplace, I didn't realize this because our lots are very close together. And so I'd never been like, I can't really get down that side of the house because there's a fence. But I was looking from the front and I'm looking, I go, hey, there's some glass block window there. And it's just like a line of decorative glass block. Not anymore. They had drywalled over. They finished the whole inside on the two sides of the fireplace. I'm like, well, I guess we're never going to have glass block. And that's fine. But I don't know why people cover up windows and lighting sources. They that's do. so strange. You can't buy that. No, no. It's like uh, when you look at some bungalows and they're like, Oh yeah, we ripped out all the stained glass windows. Why? What? Huh? That's part oh, no, of the no. charm. My ha my house upstairs, and like I know painting everything white is the thing. People like to paint stuff white. Plenty of fireplaces and brick fireplaces are painted white. But I've got <laughs> this beautiful fireplace downstairs. You can see in our garage where the back is, and it's real brick. And then you go upstairs to like the office area. It's not real brick. It is real brick painted in probably four coats of white lead paint and i just lead paint i probably i like colored bricks i think bricks are pretty i don't think they need to be white but i you know that's the thing you can never undo you know once a brick is painted you're you don't you, know, you don't unpaint a brick you know well, you so. can uh you can paint it black and complete the ritual Ooh, wow yeah man think about that did you no oh is that what you did when you pulled out the white carpet yeah, we pulled that right you out. You just went dungeon down there? No, nah, I should have just painted a rug on the floor. That way the cat <laughs> could yak on it because cats only do that on the rugs. And I'm like, ah, fooled you, cat. See, and dogs only poop on the rug mm -hmm. and pee yeah. on the rug. 
but why do we got a hardware if the cat's not gonna barf on it? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Why well, would you, now you, why look would you do these, something like that? Look at all these home improvement ideas you have, Brian. You got spring break. You can just sit around doing home improvement for the next. Uh, it's going to take me all the spring break to get this piece off the toilet. Hmm, well, but what are you going to do? So okay. you had, what did you, Cody had something, John, Cody had something. He came in, he was all hot and bothered. He had something he needed to talk about. Well, no, I got, a P news. I got a PSA. So when there's a tornado warning, get the hell in your basement. Um, yeah. Now this seems obvious, sounds obvious. We had a, we had a extreme wind warning out here in Lombard the other day. It was 90 mile an hour winds. It's Friday. And I didn't think much of it. And uh, so my son in his bedroom upstairs, he's got this bunk bed with a staircase on one side. So he's got basically a casing around him. So let's say in some crazy scenario, the window blasted in, he, it couldn't touch him, was my thinking. And this didn't happen, right? Oops. Don't worry. My thinking, you know, it's, it's like, all right, well, the window's probably not gonna smash in, you know, let, you know, he could be safe. Maybe we'll be not super conservative with that. Well, that was until I saw my, uh, my, a house of uh, some people in my family. It's not my business to air, but I have some family in Rockford uh, and their house, their entire neighborhood was completely obliterated uh, by- Have they confirmed that it was a tornado or was it just uh, they, straight line uh, they winds? Just, they just sent out drones. There were drones flying above it yesterday um, to assess the damage and they had helicopters and news, news copters and stuff. Um, but you can see the trees in the neighborhood are all pointing different directions. So one is totally uprooted going this way. You go up the hill 50 feet and it's pointed the other way and it's nuts. But if you go and you look at the, the roof of, of this house, so they went upstairs after uh, my family members went upstairs after they were stuck in the basement. They look and there's a, a chunk of tree, probably three feet sticking right through their, their ceiling. Yeah. So that's bad. But when you go upstairs, what's really remarkable is they've got the, the long part of the house. It's a split level. So one part's fine with the two with the two levels is fine. But the one with the middle level, not fine. You can see where they tarped up the big hole in the roof where basically a tree just flew into the roof. But it doesn't actually reach the edge of the roof. Like it doesn't go to the very end. It's in the middle, which means that a an entire tree, uh, like a 30 foot long tree was launched into the air and flew into it like a missile uh, and just landed square in there. And after seeing that, now I know I got trees in my backyard. I'm like, I'm like, shoot, a tree could shoot through the wall of any wall of my house like a yes. missile. And it doesn't matter what side of the bunk bed he's on, it could shoot right through the bunk bed and you know, do something really harmful. So it's a PSA <laughs> that these things are no joke. And like, I know it's obvious, but when you've seen the damage, um, I mean, they've got probably a half acre backyard, a uh, full half acre, just the backyard, not the property. Um, it is entirely covered with dead trees. Um, most from the neighbor's yard or from the neighbor's two houses over. There is a neighbor who the roof of their garage, you could see it's in a pile, just like sitting there. Um, it's on the other side of the house from the garage. So the entire roof blew off and just came over. And I'm saying stuff that everybody that's ever heard anything about a tornado has heard, but I, I don't know, man. What's the craziest thing is I'm driving into town to check it out the other day. And I get down to, and I'm, I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving, no damage, no damage, no damage. It literally hit like eight houses. It was like a tornado just blasted Jeez. down in the middle of Rockford. 
like in the middle, right next to a middle school in a residential neighborhood. Nothing around it is touched. So uh, it was awful. It was horrible. They're doing tree cleanup, but like, so I mean, every every house that had privacy because they had a line of trees blasted down, all the fences blasted down. I mean, it's just, it's just like you just open up the whole thing. So um, yeah, uh, PSA, not to get serious, <laughs> but dude, it, wow. Like, I, I and you know even my wife has done tree work before. She worked for a tree company a couple of years ago. She was a lumberjack. She, she was a lumberjack. Yeah, is it the uh, she still got those suspenders? And I, she's okay. I think are great. Yeah, uh, it's pretty okay. Thank she's, you, John. She sleeps all night though. Um, but it's the weirdest thing. But she, you know she's seen disasters. Does she work like, all day then? She does. She does. Okay. Um, when you see one. When you see a disaster zone that you like grew up in and like you know the neighborhood, like that's different. It's it's just like what does she do after she eats her lunch? I'm just curious. Oh, what does she do? She, this is um, the most I've ever heard this song without getting a s'more afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, Cody, that stuff's freaky. I think that's why they Yeah, came. man. Rosemont had the right idea. Pave everything. Yeah, trees are for the birds, literally. You don't need them, you don't need them in your yard. You don't need just Leave them in a forest preserve or a park. Uh, yeah, it was bad. It was Friday. We got pretty lucky um, in my neighborhood. I don't know how. I don't know how it was. How was it in your neighborhood, John? Were you kind of shockingly dry? My buddy up in Highland Park got like inches of rain. Yeah, it just like we had a couple bursts because I was on in Milwaukee and we were doing wall to wall coverage because there was tornado warnings. There were. You know, they were setting down in Delavan and Elkhorn and stuff. So we were talking. And all of a sudden, I hear the window getting pelted. And I'm like, oh, no, here it comes. And then it stopped. And that was, that was basically it. See, that's yeah. what you get for living out in the burbs, Cody. A lot know, of open man. land. Is it crazy? God to just pelt you. Punch. Yeah, yeah dude. Not, it, he can it, see you. Here we're all grouped together. He can't differentiate. It was just like a... Uh, my, my buddy, uh, my other friend, John, that I used to do my video game podcast with, is in Minneapolis, and he got 10 inches of snow. He said it's Whoa. the fifth snowiest winter on record for Minneapolis or for Minnesota, I guess, which is wow, already that's, that's a leaderboard, too, man. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, Jeez. yeah. So he also lost a tree and a half, uh, up there, which I but it's so crazy how close people can live to each other and just like one place is just ravaged, or you know, and others are good. Some people are Boy, dry. It is... never snows out here. It never snows in Lombard. We we got like three inches like cum all all winter combined this year. Lombard well, it didn't it did... snow hardly anywhere this year, Cody. That's no, it, but was it, it just be... Lombard? No, there was snow in Chicago and or like snow in Rockford. My friends in Rockford were texting me all the time. Oh, you're like four inches out here, and I'd just be looking around. I'm like looking out to the. I don't think west. they were talking about the snow. Oh, <laughs> that's right. It's late. I, I'll go from. I'll go blue. I go blue after nine thirty, John. Family friendly podcast. Bro. Is it? All I said was they weren't. If, if you filthy minded animals took that somewhere else, they could have been talking about anything. Could have a small submarine sandwich, maybe a gym shoe. You know, who knows? I don't well, know. What I, you, what are you guys? Some sort of choking about? hazard. <laughs> well, sure. Why well, for Sometimes one? Try to fit too much in. That's all. Be careful. All right, listen. Uh, it's, it's late. We've kept John. He's ill. John has, John has uh, COVID. He's not, uh, not well. He's ra uh, rattling with consumption. He's rattling. He's got the consumption. He's got the, uh, he's like, uh, he's like, uh, Doc Holiday. He's going to be coughing up big. He's a lunger. He's going to be hacking up big things of blood before we're, before we let him go. 
But before we wrap it up, I want to congratulate you again. Sincerely, you were fantastic on Chopped. If you get a chance, if it's rerun, watch it. Um, I don't think we spoiled it. It's uh, a lot of fun. It's very, very exciting. Um, we were we at the Noonan House as we watched it. We're very proud of you. So Thank congratulations. You. It was a blast, and I'm glad I don't have to do it again anytime soon. Yes, and it made us very, if nothing else, the four of you made us really appreciate and desire good pizza. So, the world's finest food. All right. Nachos and Lager on Twitter and Instagram, Crust Fund Pizza. Follow John's uh, socials. Find out about Crust Fund. Every pizza, you're, you're given to a charity. That's it. Yes. You want a pizza? Give some money to a charity. If you win the bid, you get a pizza. That's how it works. You know, it's a win-win for everybody. Uh, and then we'll we'll talk to you again about your uh, your day job too. Uh, we'll do some beer talk another time. But uh, Cody, anything else before we get out of here? That was it. All right, I'm I'm out. Thank Good you, talking, uh, you guys. Thank you, John, for you being too, John. here. Uh, it was a pleasure. Thanks to you guys for listening, for watching, for sharing and liking, and all the other stuff that goes along with social media and podcasts. And that's it, Cody. Bye.